Welcome, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Council of Institutional Investors Voice of Corporate Governance, Feedspot's number one ranked corporate governance podcast globally. I'm Jeff Mahoney, General Counsel of the Council of Institutional Investors. I'm here today with John Chavet, a leading proponent of shareholder proposals in the United States. Mr. Chavetin occupies a special niche of filing most of the shareholder proposals on corporate governance, together with James McRitchie and other colleagues. Welcome, Mr. Chavetin. Thanks for taking time to speak with us today. Thank you very much. Appreciate your interest in this important topic. So, Mr. Chavetin, studies have confirmed that your corporate governance shareholder proposals are more likely to receive the support of a majority of a corporation's shareholders than proposals submitted by, among other proponents, hedge funds, labor unions, and religious groups. Why are your proposals so popular with corporate shareholders? Well, most of my proposals are on governance topics, and I think there's a perception that the uh, governance of a company has uh, a more direct relationship to the uh, performance of the company. Mr. Chavetin, before we discuss the shareholder proposals you've submitted for the 2024 proxy season, I first want to discuss a proposal you submitted in 2023 at Ford. That proposal requested that Ford's board take steps to ensure that all of Ford's outstanding stock has an equal one vote per share in each voting situation. What was the impetus for your dual-class stock proposal at Ford, and were you surprised that more than 38% of Ford shareholders, including BlackRock, Vanguard, and State Street, supported your proposal? Well, what got started uh, was, uh, I guess I believe I read an article in the Wall Street Journal in the early 2000s about Ford having a plan to uh, maintain the existing voting power of the family stock but not owning as much stock uh, in the company. So I, I've been submitting this proposal. Uh, it, must, it must be close to 20 years now I submitted the proposal. It's gradually built up support, I believe, in 2011. Uh, it was the first time I noticed that apparently it gets a majority vote from the uh, independent shares of Ford Motor Company. Turning to the 2024 proxy season, give us your top three shareholder proposals that if adopted by the corporation a receipt of your proposal, you believe will have the greatest probability of enhancing that corporation's long-term shareholder value. I think annual election of each director would stand out and uh, simple majority vote is, is another topic. And it's also tied in to, because uh, a lot of companies where they have uh, three-year terms for directors, it requires a super majority vote to change that. So. Um, those two uh, proposals often uh, have a have a link, and then other a couple other proposals uh, I think have impact. or a shareholder right to call a special shareholder meeting because that would give shareholders a right to um, you know to call a meeting to uh, you know elect a new director, replace a director who might uh, be underperforming. And uh, another topic is independent board chairman proposal, which uh, it seems to have. Um, at least increase the role of uh, elite directors at companies. And uh, at least that gives some, uh, some greater accountability, I believe, to the, uh, you know, to the CEO that he has a certain, um, you know, responsibility or oversight from the lead director. 
Mr. Shvedin, as you know, shareholder proposals are governed by the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission's Rule 14A8. Based on those rules, shareholders of U.S. corporations voted on 600 shareholder proposals in 2023. Depending on who you ask, that was either a lot of proposals or a modest increase. For instance, it was only a 10% increase over the prior year, but it was a 44% increase in proposals voted under more restrictive policies of then SEC Director of Division of Corporation Finance, William Hinman, that had allowed companies to exclude far more proposals. Some view shareholder proposals as a foundational right of investors to govern their companies. Others see it as a distraction or an unwarranted expense. How do you see it? Uh, well, it's a way to improve uh, you know, the accountability of, of management uh, to the stockholders. Without you know, that possibility, uh, yeah, it's interesting because you often see companies will, will oppose one of my shareholder proposals because they list all the good governance uh, that they've that they already adopted, like saying they've already done enough. And uh, if this right wasn't maintained, I mean, it would, uh, you know, could lead to backsliding by companies. So it's a little bit ironic that companies, uh, uh, when they oppose my proposals, they talk about all the good governance uh, that shareholder proposals have, re- have resulted in. Mr. Shvetin, in connection with the 2023 proxy year, five companies, Alphabet, Meta, Amazon, Exxon, and Chevron, each faced more than 10 shareholder proposals at their annual meetings. In your view, was that amount of shareholder proposals at those five companies too many, too few, or just the right amount? Well, they, they're such a um, they're such such large companies that uh, you know they have such an impact on the economy that uh, they should be subject to um, that number of proposals and. Uh, it should not be a burden proportionately for such a large company, you know, to have that number of proposals. Mr. Shvedin, is it true that some of your shareholder proposals that might otherwise have gained broad support never make it to the company's proxy statement because of procedural objections? Can you explain how that might happen? Well, there's certain procedural objections that company can raise and, uh, and some companies are very uh, aggressive in finding minutia uh, to keep a proposal off a ballot. If your value of stock drops $10 below the minimum threshold, well, a company can exclude your proposal from its ballot. And if, uh, you know, if a broker letter comes in a day late, uh, you know, over the Christmas holidays, they can exclude the proposal from the ballot. And some companies go to you know billion dollar law firms to uh, dig up minutia issues to exclude proposals from the ballot. Mr. Shvedin, final question. Do you have any thoughts on the state of Rule 14A8 and whether or not the SEC should do anything to improve the rule? Well, they should reverse the rules that uh, were effective, I believe, in 2020 that made it more difficult for shareholders uh, to work with other shareholders and they, they should reverse those rules. Other things they could do would be to make it easier for shareholders to make informed decisions on shareholder proposals. Uh, for instance, by requiring the company, you know, list the name of the proponent of the proposal, because often you get a, uh, 
you know, a very good perspective on the quality of a proposal uh, by seeing who backs it and the reputation of the of the person that backs it. That concludes our podcast episode. On behalf of the Council of Institutional Investors, I want to again thank my special guest, John Chevedden. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please feel free to contact me at Jeff, that's J-E-F-F, at C-I-I dot O-R-G. Until next time, I'm Jeff Mahoney. Thanks for listening to The Voice of Corporate Governance. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Voice of Corporate Governance, brought to you by the Council of Institutional Investors. The Voice of Corporate Governance is a free, non-sponsored podcast that highlights critical developments in corporate governance and other important issues affecting institutional investors. The views expressed by those interviewed on the podcast do not necessarily reflect the views of CII or its members. For more information on CII and its policies on corporate governance, please visit our website at www.cii.org.